This is the Sneaky Plays Podcast, presented by JokerMag.com. All righty then. Welcome to the Sneaky Plays Podcast. I'm Brian Cantino, here with Chris Morris and Dom Fierro. What's up, boys? I'm sitting here watching my Villanova Wildcats, currently losing to uh, our good buddy PJ Anderson's Georgetown Hoyas. Uh, we don't look we don't look good. Hoping for a comeback here in the second half. And I'm currently watching the uh, Seton Hall Pirates, Pride in New Jersey, <laughs> down one to Xavier. Haul in, baby. Haul in. You got to haul in. <laughs> I, I like I like Seton Hall, man. I think they're I think they're a good team. They, you guys blew it the other day, though. But I still think you're you're arguably the third best team in the conference. Blew what the other day? Well, almost blew it. Excuse me against Creighton. Um, <laughs> that was that was that was a great comeback. Um, Powell got crazy hot down the stretch. What was it like a 13-0 run? Yeah, at the end to close something like that. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about a team's blowing it, Morris. I mean, oh yeah, are we kidding? I was terrible. I was terrible. I couldn't believe that. And the the whole game really flipped on that full court shot right before the buzzer. And they went on like an 11-0 run within a minute span. The second half, Jay Wright got teed up. All went downhill from there. They couldn't score, which I didn't understand. They couldn't buy a bucket on the stretch of that game. No, they. It was. Uh, I don't want to say it was a fluke for St. John's, but I feel like it was a fluke for St. John's. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't think St. John's is that good. I mean, Ponds even really like for much of the game was pretty invisible. He got going a little bit in the second half, but it really wasn't even him that led the comeback. It was the other guy. What's his name? I can't even remember. Aaron. Um, yeah, he was draining threes left and right. Figueroa played really well too. Yeah, he did. Uh, Figueroa, yeah, that's true. He was killer. Didn't didn't uh, Nova shoot like thirty three percent for the game or something like that? Yeah, I mean, it, and it was largely they came out guns a blazing first like twelve minutes or so, cool off a little bit at the end of the first half, and the second half just couldn't buy a bucket. I think they had like twenty something. Po- I don't even think they cracked thirty points in the second half. Oof, it's yeah, rough. Not good. Ugh. Well, anyway. Um, Today's agenda is a little NBA and as well as college basketball. Uh, we'll do NBA first, but before we get to that, um, I have a question for both of you guys. As always, um, if you could only watch one sport for the rest of your life, what would it be? Got to be football. I can't live without football. I don't know what I would do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> you remember with, with the NFL almost going on strike the one year? What was it probably? Seven, eight years ago, whenever that was, I mean, I was like in true, you know, I was nervous out of my mind. Like, what, what the hell am I going to do on Sundays for the next six months? <laughs> now, if you could, now, if you, uh, there was no NFL because it was on strike, would you watch the AAF? Because I would probably, but uh, it's not measuring up to it. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a story. For now, <laughs> that's not even, that's also like not till. It doesn't start till February. So, I mean, from months, September through January, you would just have no football. Unless you wanted to watch the CFL. When's that season? I, th- I think they share seasons with the NFL. Yeah. Rel- relatively similar season. Yeah. So I'd, I'd be a big CFL guy then. Yeah. <laughs> I think my sport's college basketball. I don't think I could live without it. I love it. It's just so much fun to watch, you know. Like today, for example, right? You got Georgetown, Villanova, Seton Hall, Xavier, LSU, Florida, uh, Duke, North Carolina. You know, there's just tons of big games. Louisville, 
and Syracuse because they're somehow trying to make that a big rivalry. But, man, there's a lot of good college basketball tonight. And it's like days like these that you live for if you like college basketball. So, And then Saturdays, of course, because, I mean, literally watch college basketball from probably 11 a.m. in some places to you know midnight, <laughs> even yeah. longer, 1 a.m. probably because you get Gonzaga and Nevada and all those teams. So. Yeah, Dom, I'm I'm kind of with you. For me, it's baseball, but uh, with the college basketball stuff, literally on Saturday, I watched college basketball from 12 a.m. and then I watched literally every game through Gonzaga, like at whenever, whenever that game ended, it was like 1:30 in the morning. Yeah, and was, I just couldn't stop watching it. <laughs> and it's something that I feel like college football can't bring because those games, college football tends to be pretty long. They drag, yeah, and the games sometimes are. God awful, but at least like college basketball, like you know they're going to be about two hours. You know that, you know when you expect some team to probably blow out a team, it could not be like that. When the football, there's really, you know, if like Alabama is playing a, you know, Ole Miss or Mississippi State, like you can pretty much expect a Alabama blowout. But if Alabama, or say like a Kentucky Tennessee game, like we saw on Saturday. Like, that game is close in the first half. Obviously, Kentucky runs away with it. But, like, that's entertaining for two hours. There's no, like you can't, You're glued to the TV, especially if you're a fan of either of those two teams. Yeah, I do agree with you guys. College basketball, I mean, I love it too. And I, I also think, like, there's, you know, a competitive side to it that, you know, is just kind of just to watch. Like, I mean, there's obviously blowouts and stuff that happens. But if you're just flipping on a ram, I mean, you could, and there's so many games on throughout the day, especially. I mean, you're going to, you know, more often than not, you're going to find a great game that's going to go down to the wire. That's going to be entertaining from start to finish. And like you said, I mean, only you're only going to have to watch it for two hours. It's not going to be college football where, you know, you got this long halftime, you know, all the commercial timeouts, you know, the clock stops on every first down. I love college football too. But those games do tend to drag sometimes. And a lot of the time I mean, you're watching Alabama at three 30, you know, Saturday afternoon. You know, they're probably going to blast the shit out of Tennessee 56 to 17 or whatever the hell it's going to be. And you're just going to sit there, you know, 10 minutes into the game, you're going to know it's over already. Um, and you can, I mean, even though I, my sport would still be the NFL just because, you know, football is my, my favorite sport, pro football especially. Um, you know, you can go entire Sundays too with just kind of having clunkers of games where, you know, even you're watching Red Zone all day and, you know, I'm still going to watch it all day. But, you know, the entertainment value might not be great. You know, you might have a bunch of blowouts. Um, you know, you'll have some games where, you know, you get shit quarterback play. Um, and then usually, you know, maybe you'll get one good game in the afternoon or at night. Um, so I'd still, I'd still go NFL just cause it's my favorite, but in terms of start to finish, like if you're watching all day on a Saturday, I could see college basketball being right up there. Yeah. Well, that's the thing for me. Like if the Packers aren't playing on like a Sunday by week or they had the Monday night game, I'm very like out of football, like yeah, there's fantasy and you know and betting and all that. Like I can really care less about it if I miss, if I miss a game, I miss a game or whatever. Uh, but for like college basketball, if Seton Hall plays on a Sunday, I'll literally watch basketball all Saturday. <laughs> right. And yeah. There's no if ands or buts about it. Um, you know, and that's just how I mean that's just the type of person I am. I think it's probably my second favorite sport other than baseball. But you know, watching baseball all day is kind of like eh. You know, I mean, I can watch the Yankees all day, but definitely if college basketball is the sport to watch, I feel I feel like. Yeah, so, um, yeah, good good descriptions of, of basketball and stuff that's, like, 
Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome to watch. It's easy to watch. Um, it makes teams relevant that aren't relevant in other sports. Like right now, Georgetown is somehow relevant in like a sport because, you know, <laughs> they're in the big East, big East and big East is a good conference in basketball, but like in football, they're completely irrelevant. So I think that's, kind of, that's kind of a cool concept about it. Um, but anyway, let's move on to some NBA talk. Um, Morris, what do you think about the, uh, some of the weekend festivities that just went down for the uh, all-star weekend? I wasn't bad. I mean, I'm not a huge all-star guy in any sport, really. Um, baseball is probably the best. We've talked about this on the pod before. Um, just from start to finish, I think. I love the home run derby in the game. I think it's the best. But, you know, it wasn't bad. I think uh, I think the game lost a little bit of its luster. If, if you remember last year, the game was actually really good. Um, the first time they drafted the teams and everything, they played hard pretty much from start to finish. Um had a great finish at the end, too. I think LeBron's team pulled it out by one. This year was a little bit more reminiscent of years past when they had the East-West thing. Um, you know, both teams kind of really didn't really play a whole lot of defense or just got up and down the court, jacked a bunch of threes. I can't I can't ever remember watching any basketball game with that many threes taken. And you know why? Because it's an all-star game, so who the hell cares? But I think Damian Lillard took 18 cool. shots, all of which were threes, which is pretty incredible. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, tons of alley-oops, too. So, I mean, there was entertaining moments for sure. Um, the D-Wade to LeBron alley-oop was great. Some of the Giannis dunks were great. Um, but in the end, I mean, it really wasn't. I mean, LeBron's team kind of took a, took control there down the stretch, which we figured would happen. Um, really, you know, wasn't all that exciting of a finish. Um, but I loved the other stuff. I mean, I thought I loved the three-point shootout still. I loved the dunk contest. You know, it wasn't, quote-unquote, the best three-pointer dunk contest I've ever seen. But um, I still thought it was entertaining. Um and I like the Rising Stars game, too. I like watching, you know, different guys play, you know, on that Friday night game. And I still I, – I enjoy the celebrity game, too. Uh, watching Kevin Hart get up and down the court is always fun for me. Um, so, you know, that stuff was all right. The game itself is actually probably the worst part about all of it. Um, but I love the three-point shootout watching one of my Brooklyn Nets boys, Joe Harris, go head-to-head with the Curry brothers and pull it out. Arguably, you're one of the top three or five probably best three-point shooters in, in the NBA this year. Um, so that was fun. The dunk contest was great too with Diallo jumping over Shaq, uh, Dennis Smith, um, with some great dunks and then John Collins jumping over the plane. So I definitely thought that was entertaining. Yeah, no, I, I definitely like NBA weekend. Uh, I wish they would go back to the rookie and sophomore game and not USA versus the world. I feel like that. I mean, I used to love that rookie and sophomore game. I know it's the same thing kind of, but i rather it be like that because it's nice, especially for somebody who really likes college basketball, to see guys you watch literally, whether it was for a year, sometimes longer in college, go up against guys you watched, you know, again, for either a year in college or even longer. But, you know, I like that kind of better as a, as a dynamic of a game, as a rookie-sophomore game. But it is still a lot of fun to watch. Uh, celebrity game I can care less about. I do tune into it just because it is on earlier than, you know, most of the stuff that goes on during NBA weekend. Uh, and then for like the skills competition, I like it. I enjoy it. I think it's, you know, I really, what I really like about it is kind of the guys on the side, on the sideline, they're all, you know, screaming and yelling. They're all happy to be there and cheering for whether they're guys or guys they may never play with, whatever it is. It's a lot of fun. Slam dunk contest, whether it's bad or it's extremely good. It's still a lot of fun because just to see what those guys do is 
amazing to me, at least, you know, for somebody who can probably, who's never going to dunk in his life just to see those guys kind of jump over people, you know, and do these different tricks, slam dunking a ball is pretty cool. Uh, three point contest. I feel like that drags a little bit just because of, you know, it's format and how it is, but you know, it's still a lot of fun to watch these guys, you know, perform what they're the best at. And then the all-star game, I enjoy it. I, I watch usually the first half, and then if I can, tune into the fourth quarter. Uh, what I really hate about it is it starts way too late. There's, oh, yeah, it's so long. For a Sunday night, for I mean, the game didn't tip off until I believe like 8.35. <laughs> and the halftime show with J. Cole takes oh, like five and a half hour. Yeah. Like the whole thing doesn't – it goes past 11. Like nobody wants to watch that. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's tough. To kind of, but I do enjoy like seeing guys throw alley oops. I mean, Giannis, Giannis had like this unreal, like grab it out of the air type alley oop dunk, which was awesome. Uh, you know, seeing D Wade, you know, throw balls off the backboard on LeBron is always awesome. That's what I do like about it. Like, it's entertaining. I will say that. But like, the game itself is, you know, awful, but it is entertaining to see what these guys can do. Um, what I would love to see the All Star, the NBA do for the All Star game is kind of go to like a, NHL type thing where, you know, the NHL went to three on three, you know, the four divisions. I would love to like, uh, like a draft, almost like the big three league, the ice cube runs where you had guys, you know, kind of going up against each other, you know, three on three, kind of like if you were to make a team in NBA street on 2K, you know, just that type of thing. I feel like be a lot more entertaining. Now I get, you know, maybe guys go a little bit harder, you know, don't want to do that during all-star break, obviously. But I feel like that would have much more entertaining value to uh, the NBA All Star Game. Yeah, I liked how they. I liked how the draft was televised this year. That was good. Um, you know, we got that whole segment that they, you know, with everybody making fun of Giannis for drafting his team and you know the tampering jokes. That was all great entertainment and stuff. Um, I hear. I, I like your idea about the you know the three three. You could have a tournament and stuff like that. Uh, I think guys would actually compete with that, but. You know, I, I doubt that players would actually want to do that. You know, all these guys are, you know, babies basically, and they just want to do their, their leisurely all-star weekend, get up and down the court, break a minor sweat, and jack some threes. That's pretty much all they're interested in doing. Yeah. You know, I, like I said, I do enjoy, you know, it is entertaining, the NBA all-star game, but to add, like, that more kind of advantage, because I don't know if you guys watch, like, the big the big three league, but that is a lot of entertaining. Season. Yeah, I like the big three. Yeah. I, I like it. You know who are washed, not washed up. I, mean, I guess they are washed up. Yeah, they're washed. A but lot like, of them are it's washed. To, it's a lot of fun to watch them. You know, or I mean, if you even wanted to, you can do some sort of thing where you have, you know, uh, a Curry, uh, a Curry, uh, Durant, and a Nate Robinson. You know, you have two current players and a guy who's like been out of the league for a while, but obviously can still play. You know, and isn't going to kill himself, kind of dribbling the basketball. So I feel like that could add a lot of entertaining value to it, but you know it is what it is. I enjoy it. You know, I'm, a lot of people do enjoy it. They definitely do it right with the halftime shows and the pregame stuff, but started a little bit earlier. Yeah, the the NBA weekend was definitely entertaining. Um, Morris, do you think uh, Joe Harris winning the uh, three point contest has a reflection on the Nets for the rest of the season? He's good, man. He's I mean, he was a sleeper pick of mine going into it. I think I mean I think he's like shooting like 45, 46% on threes for, uh, for the season, which I, it might be best in the league. I don't know. It's right up there if not if not the best. 
Um, he's good. He's really, you know, he's an underdog story too. Like a lot of that team guy that was really, I think he was out of the league a couple years ago. Um, he went from, he was actually on the, uh, on that, on the Cavs LeBron team, um, a couple years ago. And I think they cut him after he got hurt. Yeah. Out of the league. And, you know, he's really found a niche as a, as a starting wing in the league and one of the best shooters now in basketball. Yeah. He was, uh, he was hitting some nice shots. Um, I thought Curry was going to end up running away with it, but he got tired at the end. Um, Steph, tell, Steph but, never uh, wins that. I don't understand it. He's always the favorite every year going in, obviously, because he's Steph Curry. But I feel like he never wins. Like I, I think Clay beat him out a couple of years, too. Yeah, I think you're right with that. Um, the, the, NBA, also, like, the NBA, to me, is like the closest sport to WWE. <laughs> just so much – it's just so, like, entertaining, you know? Yeah, it's a lot of like they try to make it more. It's a lot of bullshit entertainment too. So I understand what you're saying. It's like they try to make it so much entertainment and like all the like you know analysts or what if you so call them that. Like, come on, just I like watching them play basketball. I don't need all this like drama, you know, every week. Like, oh, who's dating a Kardashian (laughs) or whatever. The NBA lifestyle, man. That's what they feed off of. I know it's not for everybody. I mean, I can do without some of it too, but. It's certainly a draw for a lot of people for whatever reason. Yeah, you yeah, you can't know. tell me you've never turned on TNT just to watch Charles. Oh, that's the best. Shaq. Yeah. And all them. Oh, That's what my mom does. My mom doesn't even watch the game. She, she, I used to watch it growing up, and she would, like, ask me, call me when the halftime show's on. I just want to watch Charles and Shaq and Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> we used to watch, well, speaking – uh, Go watch ahead, Don. Go ahead. Your room wars, you, me, and Brad. I know. We used to stay up late all the time watching it. I, I'll never forget that. Oh, we, awesome. we would watch it because they're on for an hour, like after the games at one o'clock in the morning till two, and we would stay up watching it all the time. <laughs> nah, I like I like the guys on TNT. Um, speaking of TNT, anyway, there's um, games start back up tomorrow um, for the rest of the season. Um, there's about 25 games left per team, I want to say. Um, on TNT at eight o'clock, we got Celtics, Bucks, and then Rockets, Lakers. Yeah. Some, uh, some good games. Um, yeah. Is that, uh, where's the, where is the Celtics Buck game? Is that in Milwaukee? Do we know? In it is in Milwaukee. Yeah, okay. Yes. Um, probably would bet on the Bucks in that game just because they're home. But that's certainly a good one. That's a great game to uh, start off the second half of the season. Two teams jockeying for playoff position in the East that we've talked about before. Um, I think I assume Kyrie. Yeah, I mean Kyrie played in the All Star game, so. I assume he'll be good to go after missing a couple games before the uh, before the All Star break. So, yeah, that's certainly a big one. Could be a uh, you know any of those top four teams. We don't know how the seeding's going to shake out. So, anytime any of those teams are matching up, it could be a playoff preview. So that's a great one. Um, and then Rockets Lakers too. I mean the Lakers talked about them too. They got to make a push down the stretch. And LeBron just uh, article just came out of a quote of him saying uh, intensity level. Uh, for for playoff mode has been activated. The hell that means, but I guess that basically means what you know we all know about LeBron, which is that he doesn't give a shit about the regular season for much of the way, and then when he needs to, he'll turn it on. So look for a uh, a more engaged LeBron, I guess, tomorrow night. Well, did you see uh, his? I, I guess it was the last game they played before the All Star break, where he was like, there was a post game interview, and he was like, well. My whole team, you know, they have a lot of time off, uh, but I do not because I have to go, you know, to the All-Star game. So he's like, I don't know if he's really calling out his guys, but he wants to obviously make the playoffs. And this is like a weird situation for him, at least, you know, especially later, you know, 
towards the prime of, of his career where, you know, he's been in the finals, what, past, you know. Seven, eight years. Eight, eight years in a row, yeah. So, he definitely wants to be there. Yeah, I mean, I'd be stunned still. Um, as much as this is going on, I could see him just going bananas down the stretch and dragging them to the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's got to get some contributions, I guess, but. You know, if they're gonna make it, he's gonna be have to. He's gonna, you know, have to be putting up godly numbers every night, which he's capable of, certainly, even at his age. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So before we uh, start making playoff predictions and whatnot, um, let's make some MVP predictions. Uh, Dom, I want to hear uh, your take on. I think the MVP. Uh, I think it's going to be honest. Uh, good value, also, if you're. Of the betting type, it's at plus one ninety five as I saw it this morning. Uh, you know, Harden obviously is outstanding, but what Giannis does for a his team and he's almost at a triple double every single game. I think it's you know it's crazy if he's not the uh, the MVP. Just I and he's a freak of nature. You know, obviously they call him the Greek freak. He is, he is definitely in my book MVP. And if he's not MVP this year, look for him to be the MVP, you know, at least the next two to three years, I would say. Yeah, he's going to win it at some point, no doubt. Really a fun MVP year. Um, it's going to be a great conversation going down the stretch. You know, a lot of times we really only have, like, one guy, maybe two. Like, last year, I mean, it was pretty much a no-brainer. Harden was going to win. Um, I don't think anybody had any doubt about that. The year before it was exciting with the, with the Westbrook-Harden triple-double stuff. Um, but that was really only two guys. Like, I guess you could say it's when it comes down to it, it's probably only two guys again this year between Harden and Giannis. But I mean, you can make a strong case for a lot of guys. I mean, Paul George, like we talked about before, is having a career year, averaging I think almost twenty eight a game, shooting the shooting the hell out of the ball. Um, and Embiid too. I mean, don't forget about Joel. He's having an unbelievable year. Uh, most double doubles in the league. Most thirty and ten games in the league. Uh, so he's got to be in consideration. But when it comes down to it, it's probably going to be Harden and Giannis. And I would agree, Don, I'd probably go with Giannis, even though Harden's got, I guess, the superior scoring numbers. Um, I mean, that team, you know, it's not really his fault because they've had a lot of injuries. But they're just not, you know, they're not going to win it. They're going to win a decent amount of games. They're probably going to win close to 50. But, you know, you're looking at a Bucks team that's probably going to get to 60-plus wins. Um, they definitely fit, you know, the narrative, the storyline. You know, Giannis, really no other superstar on his team carrying this team on his back night in and night out. Um, and also, I mean, even though he's not putting up quite hardened level numbers, he's still putting up ridiculous numbers uh, and great efficiency. So I'd say, I mean, if the Bucks get the 60 wins and they're the one seed, I'd probably go with Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the, the greatest thing to happen to James Harden this year was uh, Chris Paul being hurt for a while. <laughs> yeah. And the streak is amazing. I mean, what's he at 30, 31 straight now with 30, points um which is i mean that's unbelievable but when you're talking about a guy that just i mean yeah like you said chris ball has been out um capella has been out eric gordon has even missed time and hasn't really been the same player when he's been playing um so i mean he has the ball in his hands the whole game so like i mean when you get to take 25 shots a night 12 13 threes a night you're gonna put up i mean you're gonna put up great scoring numbers and i mean i don't want to take take credit away from him i mean he's been unbelievable obviously but some of those numbers are obviously a little bit skewed. You know, and Eric Gordon and these guys missing time. No, yeah, definitely. But 
I mean, it's just it's unreal. I think he's you know, he's obviously the best scorer in the league. I would, or I would even go best shooter. I mean, because he the way he's, than Curry, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'd put them probably one A and one B. I find Curry just chucks up shots. You know, Harden at least like you give him an inch, and he's shooting the ball. Curry, you give him an inch, and he looks like he just throws up the ball, and you know, it somehow goes in. It's all it's kind of crazy how you know, how Curry shoots the ball today. But obviously, yeah. you know, they're the two best shooters, I would say, in the league. You know, Harden, I would probably give a little bit of an edge to just kind of skill-wise because, you know, like I said, but it's it's, it's extremely, extremely impressive, especially that 40-point streak he was on. And the, when it was oh, broken. Ridiculous, yeah. And yeah, when it was broken, he scored like 39. <laughs> so, he's average, isn't he average? He's having like 35, 36 a game, which is, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's – Not with the MVP like that would be – pretty crazy but i mean Giannis has as good of a case as anybody yeah i mean it, i don't i think those two are definitely i mean those are in my opinion the only two that kind of have a shot so yeah which is a shame because i mean these other guys like i mean george and bead um you know i feel like i'm forgetting somebody else Kawhi too i mean they're all having unbelievable seasons and in other years they would definitely get more you know consideration or recognition but i mean the the, the year the you know the narrative and everything that's going on with harden and Giannis. Yeah, I would agree. It's probably not going to – I can't see it coming out to anybody else other than those two. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Harden is going to end up winning it um, just because of his crazy streaks and his, you know, his unreal points per game and whatnot. But for me, like my MVP is, is Giannis. So, uh, I mean, he's just – I mean, 27 points per game, 12.7 re- rebounds per game, six assists per game. I mean, he's just – he's just an absolute freak. And uh, he's just – making the Bucks a much better team. Um, he makes the Bucks relevant, which they haven't been for a while. So, um, I mean, Giannis, Giannis being good is, uh, is great for the league. I think, Dom, like, you're right. I think the next three, four, five, six years, like, it's going to be Giannis. You know, he's going to be the guy that we're like, wow. Like, imagine he was on, uh, you know, either L.A. team or New York team. You know, oh, if he was on the, yeah, on the uh, Knicks. Like, initially. That, you yeah, know, like, yeah. He would just get so much more recognition for what he's doing, but he's he's in the middle of Milwaukee, which is like you know they have nothing but Miller Lite <laughs> and the Brewers, Rock and, worse, baby. So <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, yeah, I, like like I said, Giannis is my MVP, but I think the NBA is uh, going to lean towards Harden with that. Um, again, Paul George having a great year too for the Thunder. Um, what he's doing with the Thunder is great, and uh, they're the Thunder are looking good. Um, they do have the toughest schedule down the stretch um, in their last 20 or so games. So do you guys think the Thunder can still stay within the top three, top two of the West and uh, make a run for that, uh, that title? I do, of the West? yeah. I think, I've, you know, I've said before, I still think they're the number one threat to the Warriors in the West. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the East, we can go through any of those other teams. But in the West, I think they're the most, you know, I think they match up best with them. Um, Denver's a nice story. You know, they've had a really great year. Um, you know, I think people thought they'd be better this year. I don't think people thought they'd be this good. Um, you know, they got so many guys, they're so deep. Um, you know, they got a ton of guys that can shoot and create, but when you're talking about a matchup with the Warriors, uh, I still think they're the best bet. Yeah, they do have a tough schedule down the stretch, but I'd be surprised if they fell out of that top three, you know, they might not get up to two, but even if they're sitting there at the three seed, um, and you know, the matchups break their way, uh, I think they're probably going to end up getting to the conference finals to meet the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely think 
I think that, like like you said, Morris, I think the Thunder are going to end up facing the Warriors out in the Western Conference final. There's just no other team that really says, like, wow, like, they can challenge the Thunder for the two-seed or, you know, even the three-seed. But, you know, it, it the Rockets, yeah, I mean, Harden obviously is going to score a lot. But they're going to be in games because he shoots lights out. But after that, I don't see any other team challenging them. Uh, yeah, the yeah the Rockets they just they don't quite have the defensive personnel this year that they did last year. No, yeah, it's, every game is we just got to score. Who cares how many points we give up as long as we score one more than they score? You know, we'll be good. <laughs> so, but that's that to me is kind of you know that doesn't last, especially not in the playoffs and the, you know a series that you're playing at least four games in. So, yeah, I agree. All right, before we move on to college basketball. Um, going to your head, NBA championship. Who we got? Who do you think is going to win the title? But yeah, well, the, well, the two oh, teams okay. in it. Um, I got to go Warriors reluctantly. I don't think anybody um, beat the West, even though I think the Thunder have the best shot. Um, in the East, like I said last week, I mean, as much as I want to pick my Sixers, gun to my head, I'm probably still going to go with Toronto. So that's my finals, probably Golden State, Toronto. Uh, I think it's going to be. Golden State, Milwaukee. Uh, even though I know I've said the Sixers, obviously, I think are going to be the team to challenge the Bucks, but I think at the end the Bucks might pull it out and have a date with the Golden State Warriors in the championship. That'd be a fun finals to watch. I mean, any of the you know, East against the Warriors, I think, will be a lot of fun. Um, but certainly Giannis going up against those guys that that would be a hell of a lot of fun. Oh yeah, definitely. For me, I've got uh, I've got Warriors Celtics. Uh, I think the Celtics are going to make a run um, near the end of the season and uh, make some make some noise in the playoffs and um, be where they were supposed to be last year, in my opinion. Um, you know, make making that big run with Kyrie down the stretch. Hopefully, he stays healthy and uh, they can make some big things happen. Um, so let's move on to college basketball. A um, couple things here. Um, if we had to do the top. Um, the four one seeds in the tournament right now. Uh, what do we think we're looking at? Ooh, I'd probably go. Go ahead. Definitely, I think Duke and Zaga. I'd probably pull Kentucky out there. And then that third. Uh, see, that's that's a tough one. Those three, to me, are legit You know, number ones. I don't think anybody can challenge them, really. Probably got to go UVA, right? Yeah, I guess them. I mean, their only two losses are to Duke, yeah, to Duke. But at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, obviously we saw what happened last year with as they were the national one seed. But you know, it's I, to me they're they're good, but I feel like if there's a team that edges them out, I wouldn't be surprised. But Kentucky, Gonzaga, and Duke definitely number ones, unless I mean. Duke could probably – I mean, if Duke loses to North Carolina tonight, maybe loses again to them at the end of the season, you know, things could happen. You know, the the conference tournaments usually tell you what you need to know about who's going to be a number one seed and who's not with the automatic bids and if a team loses early in the tournament. Yeah, that often decides it. Um, yeah, I'd agree with you. I think Duke and Gonzaga are probably no-brainers at this point. Um, and then the other one seed, I think – we're going to have to see, you know, who wins that second matchup between Kentucky and Tennessee and then who comes on, who comes out on top in the SEC tournament. 
Um, I don't see both of those teams getting a one, but I think whoever, you know, gets the better of each other in those matchups or whoever wins the, the conference tournament will get the one seed. The other will be a two. Um, and then I probably got to go Virginia as my other team, even though, yeah, I don't love them either um, as good as they are. You know, we've seen, you know, struggles, struggles with them in the tournament before, not even just last year when they were, you know, the first one seed to ever get knocked off by 16, but they've had a couple other disappointing performances too. So, you know, that's a team you can't really trust, but certainly the regular season and going down the stretch, I would, you know, my money would probably be on them to be a one seed. I mean, I don't see, you know, as much as I like Nevada, they're a good story. Um, I'd be shocked if they actually ended up getting a one seed um, playing in the conference. They do uh, Michigan. We've talked about, I don't, you know, we don't love them. I guess North Carolina is kind of a dark horse for that. Uh, if they were to make a run here, if they were to beat Duke one or two times, maybe even win the ACC tournament, uh, they could sneak in there as that final one seed. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's probably what I'm saying there. Yeah. I would, I don't think Nevada has any shot. You know, the no. Nevada and Gonzaga is Gonzaga went and played Tennessee, North Carolina ended up beating Duke and Maui. You know, those, those speak volumes to, you know, a committee that has a flawed system still. I know it's not better, but still flawed, but, to me, they're you know they might honestly be to me the number two, you know you know if you were to rank the top four, it'd be probably Duke one, Gonzaga two, Kentucky three, and then UVA, you know probably four. You know they do have that win over North Carolina. I forgot about that on the road, but I don't know something about UVA just bothers me. <laughs> yeah, and no, I hear you. I mean they're not. You know, they're not the best to watch from the eye test. You know, they kind of play it on the style. Um, something about those – something about the white backcourt chucking threes, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy can run people the wrong way too. Um, just because they're annoying, I guess. Um, but they are good. I mean, you got to give them their credit. I mean, the, the program Tony Bennett's built there is definitely one of the best in college basketball. But no Final Four appearances to show for it yet. So, you know, the pressure's going to be on them certainly come tournament time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Virginia is like I can only watch them for like small increments of time. Just like the way they play is just uh, I don't like it. But um, I mean, they're good. You know, it's hard to argue that they're a good basketball team. Um, like you said, Morris, it's like they really don't really have much to show for it, and I don't think they'll have anything to show for it this year either. I think they'll be a one seed in the tournament and maybe lose the second or third round. And I just don't see them going far. Like. I don't know what it is, but they can't seem to finish teams off that need to be finished off. And, I mean, they played um, Notre Dame the other day, and Notre Dame looked like they were going to beat them for, you know, 36 minutes of the yeah. game. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they're a number one lock for me um, as far as talent. Yeah, that's anyway. the problem with them. But, like, they don't really – I mean, they can kind of let anybody hang in the game because they don't really have a ton of, you know, offensive firepower. They're not going to blow teams off the court, so – you know, that's a problem also come tournament time. If you're going to play, you know, a, a low-scoring, half-court, slow-paced kind of game, you're going to let teams hang in the game just because you're not, you know, you're not going to be hunting points up and down the court and you're not a great offensive team. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, been the problem with them in the tournament. They don't quite have, you know, as good of a program as they have, as good of a system as they have, especially defensively. They don't, you know, they usually are lacking that high-end, you know, quality talent that usually seems to get it done, you know, come tournament time, guys, they can just get buckets on you time and time again down the stretch. You know, that's not quite, you know, the style that they have. It's not quite the style they play. So, 
that could also you know come back to bite them again. No, yeah, definitely. That's the thing about the NCAA tournament is that you can play as great defense as you want, but at some point you're running into a team that is high-powered offense. You know, it does not matter whether that's in the first round, second, whatever, Sweet 16. At some point you're going to run into it, and that's where defense kind of – if you can't score, you can play as great defense as you want, but if you can't score, you know, consistently, it kills you. Yeah, I think that's what happened with uh, UMBC in the tournament against them, where like, even even if you know, it's it's a small kid playing guard. Like, if he can shoot the basketball, he can shoot the basketball. Like, you know, it doesn't take you know crazy athleticism to be able to shoot the basketball and whatnot. So, if teams can shoot and score and you know play decent enough defense against them, like they're gonna beat them every single time. So. I think that's what happened with Duke. I mean, Duke's just way too powered offensively against them. Like, they don't – I don't think they really stand a chance against them in the ACC tournament at all um, and going forward. So, I think high-powered offensive teams are just too good for Virginia. Um, so, speaking of ACC, um, other conferences and whatnot, what conference do we think is going to have the most success within the tournament this year? Ooh, that's always a tough one. Because, you know, I feel like every year I get this wrong. You know, back when the Big East was great, you know, putting 10-11 teams in the tournament every year, I always thought they were going to do well. And, you know, a lot of times those teams would get up, bounced out early. Um, I always like the ACC because I think it's the best conference, the deepest conference. But even them, you know, they seem like they flounder some years. Big Ten had a nice run, but a lot of those teams get bounced early too. Um, I mean, what's the deepest conference in the country this year? SEC, I guess? No. Um, and I don't even I don't even like you know a lot of those other teams, but what conference is really better? The SEC is going to get three teams, maybe four. The ACC is going to get probably upwards of six. Yeah, so I know, but I don't even love those teams after the top three. Really, I mean North Carolina, Duke, and Virginia. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not a Florida State guy, really. Even though they made a run last year, I don't really see that happening again. You know, Louisville has kind of come back down to earth too. So ugh, I don't know. Uh, I I've I had to put money on it. I'd probably the ACC or even the Big Twelve got some quality teams there. Even though I know Iowa State lost the other day, uh, Kansas State you know struggled for a majority of the game against West Virginia, which is was extremely shocking to me because West Virginia is god awful. But you know it is what it is come February. But I would say ACC or Big Twelve just because they're probably those teams are probably they're probably going to get the most bids out. Of, all the conferences and they probably you know, the quality of those teams in the conference, you know, will go at least in my opinion to the sweet 16, whether it's Duke, Virginia, North Carolina and the ACC. Uh, you can even throw a Florida state in there um, or in the big 12, Kansas state, Iowa state, you know, crazier things can happen. Maybe Kansas makes a run, you know, teams like that. You know, Texas is on the bubble right now. So, you know, it would definitely be interesting to see which, you know, which conference kind of does well. Because this, this year is kind of like last year where literally you can pick any team and to win the tournament. As long as you're in it, you can pick literally any team to win because, you know, is famous for getting bounced out in the second round or a Sweet 16 and, you know, and then being like, wow, they were supposed to win it all, but they're getting bounced out early to – you know, a team they should really, you know, are far more superior than. So, definitely going to be an exciting time, though. 
Yeah, for sure. It's definitely going to be a good tournament this year. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be the ACC being the strongest conference in the tournament. Um, but I, I was looking at the Big 12 this past week. They have a chance to have eight teams get into the tournament this year. Like, Oklahoma has a legitimate shot at making the tournament, which is absurd to me. And they're, they're all mediocre, um, too, it seems like. Like, nobody yeah. really wants to take the throne. Mm-hmm. They're they're all extremely – no. if you take the top six, maybe top seven teams in the Big 12, they can all beat each other. Uh, you know, other than, you know, the Big 12 after that, Oklahoma State, you know, it is what it is. But, honestly, I see that the Big 12, I probably see about – Maybe six teams coming out. Just you know, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas. Maybe a TCU, maybe a Texas. Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. I forgot about them. Yeah, they're definitely going to be in that. Um, but after, I mean, after the Baylor is Baylor. Baylor's going to make it too. Baylor, Baylor. I don't know. They had, a, they had a big win last night. Yeah, they you know they beat Iowa State, but. But I don't think they're really that great. <laughs> no, I don't either. I don't think, like, <laughs> I don't either. because when it comes to when it comes to tournament time, it's resume. You know, it's yeah. who you beat and who that team. You know, if you if you beat that team, who did they beat? Like for example, like St. John's, for example, beat you know Sweat Marquette beat Villanova, right? That's probably going to get you in the Big East with a decent record. Uh, then you look at like a Seton Hall team, right? Beat Maryland on the road, beat Kentucky in neutral court, and Kentucky's going to end up being a one seed. Maryland's going to end up being in the tournament, and they beat St. John's also, and they have you know they play St. John's on Saturday. Like those are type of resumes that get you into the tournament as like a mediocre team, like a Baylor. I mean, I would have to look at their schedule more, but I just feel like they, you know, to me, just kind of going off the top of my head, that they really haven't played anybody out of conference, you know, and they're just all right in conference, so. Yeah. No, I hear you. I'm going uh, to branch out and be different. You know, I don't love the SEC, but I can see all three of those teams making a run. You know, LSU is not great, but, you know, sometimes superior athleticism can kind of get the best of teams if you get the right matchup, matchup come tournament time. Um, so they're sneaky dangerous, I think. Um, and, I, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee, like we said, are probably two of the top five or six teams in the country. Uh can certainly see both of them going to the Final Four. So I think, you know, off the top of my head, I'll say they're going to have the best run in the tournament. All right. So, um, before we wrap up, um, what do you guys think uh, is taking home this uh, Duke Duke Carolina game? Ooh, it's going to be a good one. Um, I I, think, I don't I don't think Duke loses at home. Um, I think it's going to be the kind of game where Carolina might come out you know hot early. Uh, you know, these games are always great to watch. Always, you know, entertainment always getting up and down the court. You know, it seems like both teams put up 80, 90 points every time they play because they both want to play that style of getting up and down the court. No, you know, neither one is that interested in playing defense. Um, I think I think Carolina gets out to an early lead. Uh, they'll probably lead for most of the first half. Duke will probably climb back into it. Um, I could see some of the Duke young guys getting a little, you know, might be a little tight, might be trying to do a little too much early, you know, in a game of this magnitude. Uh, but I think they settle in late, and I think Duke ends up taking it. Some like I'll go like eighty-eight, eighty-two, Duke. Yeah, I don't know if Duke can, is going to lose tonight. I think it's going to be a lot closer. I think it's you know it's going to be probably a two or three point game. Might come down to the last possession. But if North Carolina 
North Carolina wants to win, they're going to have to take away something from Duke, whether it's Zion, you know, rebounding. Because they, I mean, North Carolina can match up with them. Uh, I forgot the point guard's name for North Carolina, but he is Kobe White. Yeah, yeah, really good. And you know, yeah, he's no Trey Jones on defense, but he can score. Yeah. Then you still got Luke May, who's going to be a force to be reckoned with. You know, so they definitely can match up with Duke. The problem's going to be, you know, if you take away, you know, Zion, you still have to deal with Reddish and Barrett. Uh, you know, so if you can kind of limit their shots and, you know, and Barrett and Reddish, you know, maybe let one of them kill you and then kind of zone in on Zion. And, you know, he's going to probably, you know, he's definitely going to go for a double-double. But if you can kind of control that, you know, if he's going to take threes, just let him take it because he's not, that's not what he does. Then I can see North Carolina edging this one out close also. Yeah, I I want to pick North Carolina. Um, I just think the whole I think it's going to be a one and one home court kind of thing for this year. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with Duke. Um, Morris, I kind of like that score. Actually, I was thinking somewhere in the 80s. Um, I'll go 84, 80, uh, Duke. Uh, definitely take the over. Yeah, hammer the over. Even though uh, it's one sixty something, you know. I, yeah, is it? It's crazy okay. high because I think you know Vegas is seeing what we're thinking. Both of these teams are going to score eighty plus points probably. Yeah, a ton yeah, of possessions. So. I mean, they they both like to chuck it up within you know ten seconds of the shot clock. So I think that's just going to naturally points even if the shooting percentages aren't you know great. Yeah, and there's one thing about this game too that's really impact the yeah. over. It's that. Never, neither team really ever runs away with it. I know, you know, years in the past there have been games where whether North Carolina runs away with it. I know Dukes ran away with it. I believe one they did it once when, like, John Shire was there you know, with all them. But, you know, look for it to be, you know, probably upwards of 20 lead changes throughout the game, you know. So it's going to be a close one, definitely. So that's definitely going to help your over if you're going to take it. Yeah, I'm super excited for this game. Um, been great basketball on tonight so far. Anyway, um, Morris, as of right now, looks like your Villanova yeah, not good. squad is going down. Not good. Um, but anyway, um, before we uh, before we close, I just want to remind everyone to follow us on Twitter um, at Play Sneaky. Um, we'll be doing um, podcasts every week, tweets every week, some fun stuff. Um, visit JokerMag.com. Um, got some great stuff going on, some, some entertainment articles, some sports articles on Mondays and Wednesdays, podcasts on Thursdays and Fridays, and uh, a bunch of entertainment. So um, follow us. Uh, you won't regret it. And uh, have a good evening. Go Pirates. This podcast was brought to you by JokerMag.com, home of the underdog.